You might not recognize me today because of my red tie, um, but I decided to dress up because this is the first time ever that Star Wars Day has fallen on a Wednesday chapel in the five years that I've been here. I've waited, I've prayed, I've fasted for this day to come. <laughs> Finally, my supplications have been heard. The Lord has heard my cry. And I decided, you know, like, you got to play it cool, you got to play it subtle, don't want to overdo it, so just, you know, accessorize, do a tie, shoes, socks, hoodie, but no more than that. Like, you just don't, like, you don't want to overplay your hand. Uh, you don't want people to, you know, be too distracted by stuff because we have some things to talk about today, and we have some things to think about. When you get to the end of things, man, it's a time for us to reflect. It's a time for us to look back, but it's also an opportunity that we have to look forward into the future and to make some plans. Paul is helping the church at Rome look back and make some plans when he gets to the very end of Romans. And in Romans 16, there are a couple of sections that are mixed in with a bunch of shout outs that he's given. He's shouting out people who are working in the church. He is shouting out people who are serving the Lord. He is shouting out some of the leaders. And he mixes in just a little bit of content here that gives people some some warnings that gives folks some some encouragement and, and that sets people up to be the church well when he cannot be with them. I have an official title for this sermon because sometimes um, when you work for a, an institution, you have to put things on the internet. So like we podcast this stuff, we have schedules. So, you know, the official title for this sermon is Alertness, Strength, and Peace. Just so you know where we're going for today between you and me, the unofficial title of this sermon is The Devil is a Hater, so chuck him the deuces. And that's a little bit what we're going to talk about today. Because what's going to happen here is in a few days, as you heard in the know, we are going to leave each other. And as we look back, hopefully what we see in ourselves over the course of the last year, or if this is your last time at Sterling College after having been here for one year, two years, three years, six years, whatever, hopefully as you look back, you see in yourself some, some, some growth. Hopefully you see in yourself some maturity and some development. Like if there was going to be a snapshot of you when you came into Sterling College, and if it was, if it was like put up like that, that look back feature on Facebook that sometimes surprises you when you first log in in the morning, what would the differences be in your life from the time you came in until now? And specifically spiritually, man, that, that look back feature, I think, um, uh, depending on like how old you are and where you are at in life, that can be like super encouraging or super de depressing or super fun. So super fun for me as a parent, because sometimes I can see when my kids were little, I could be like, oh, doll, like they're so little, like that's so cute. They're getting so big. Sometimes it's super depressing if I'm in the picture, because I'm like, wow, I'm really in touch with my mortality now. I'm getting gray and, and, and wrinkly, and um, um, <laughs> who knows how much longer I have on this earth. I think for college students, it's it can be really encouraging because y'all look at it from freshman year. You like, you'd be like, oh man, look at that. I'm swole. I could take way better, you know, selfie pictures in the bathroom mirror now, but I've matured to the point where I know that that's not a real cool thing to do. So I keep my shirt on on the internet, right fellas? Um, and <laughs> if we're to, to look back and to look ahead and engage where we are now, hopefully 
there's been some kind of change that we have had since the moment that we showed up on this campus. For some of us, it may have been incremental change. And maybe it's something that we've talked about in the book of Romans, where God has really convicted us that something, some aspect of our life has to mature and has to develop. And hopefully we've taken a step or two in the right direction. For some of us, there may have been a wholesale change during our time here, where we actually experienced for the first time what it looks like to walk in the path of the Lord. Some of us may have experienced for the first time just that beautiful, wonderful moment where we accept Jesus as, as, as our Lord and Savior. And we're living in the Spirit, and we're living full of life. Some of us might look back, and we're thankful that God has put people in our lives to encourage us and to challenge us, that God has built this system of friends and of professors and of coaches and, and of mentors, of peers, of, of, of whoever to help us become a better person. I think that's probably true even for those of us who work at this institution, that from year to year, hopefully we can look back and know that God isn't just working in this place amongst students, but that God is working amongst us as employees as well. I know as I look back on like this last year, the, the past couple of years, one of the things that's kind of making me emotional, like, like someone who's really um, been, been a good word, a good encouraging voice in my life is our friend Song. You guys know Song? She's in the uh, uh, housekeeping and grounds crew here. And man, she's, she's awesome. She works a lot in the dorms and she works in Cooper Hall. And man, every day, like she's asking, how, how can I pray for, for you every time she comes by my office? And so we talk about life and we talk about our families, and she's one of those people where I know that, like, when she says, I'm gonna pray for you, like, she actually means it. That's just not a way for her to end the conversation. And she checks up on me with that stuff later. I'm like, okay, that's convicting to me because if she can have all this stuff to do, but she can still be, be present in this moment of ministry and care for, for my soul, care for the concerns that I have and try to make sure that I'm a good place so that I can do my job well. Like, like how, can, how can I be that to other people on this campus? How can I be emotionally, spiritually present with them, serving them, loving on them like, like, like she does? And so for all of us, when we look back, the question becomes, how have we changed? How have we developed? And for Paul, when he looks back on the people of, of Rome and that church of Rome, I think he sees ways in which they have developed and in which they have matured. In the past couple of chapels, we have talked about that. He references, references that here at the end of verse 16. But at the same time, he has a word of warning for the church at Rome as he closes out this letter. And his word of warning is this in verse 17. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you've been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent, and as to what is evil. And what's interesting here is that Paul is not saying, hey, church at Rome, watch out for those non-Christians out there because they're going to get you. 
What Paul is saying here is, is Christians, church at Rome, watch for the folks who are in amongst you because you have been growing and you have been taking this teaching and you've been applying it to your lives. But the problem is not everybody who is teaching, not everybody who is talking about God, not everybody who is referencing scripture, not everybody who says that they are following Jesus is actually there to build you up and to strengthen you up. Now we know the words of Paul and we know those words are sound because we've read them, we've looked at them, we've prayed them over. Historically, those words have been vetted not only against each other, but against all the other texts that Paul references and talks about. But Paul understands that there are going to be covert operations going on within the church to tear the church apart. So he's telling the people that when I'm not with you, or when you're not looking at my words, you have to be careful because there will be some of these words, there will be some of these people that will be innocent and they will be good. Those are the ones that you need to be drawn to so that you can continue to be strengthened. But around you, there will be other people who look convincing and who sound smooth, but their ideas will be poisonous to your spiritual growth. And that's a good word for us as we get ready to leave each other. Because sometimes I refer to this place as kind of like a, a, a Christian Disneyland. It's kind of a Christian never-never land. It's really easy for us. I'll say this. It's not always easy. This place is conducive to our feelings of strength in our faith. We have a lot of opportunities here that we don't have when we are not in and amongst ourselves as community. We get to eat all of our meals together and we get to live together. We get to see into each other's lives. We get to, to learn about the word of God on a regular basis in the classroom. We have the chance to worship together all the time. You are encouraged, especially and even in public spaces, to explore what it looks like to be a Christ follower with the Bible studies and the worship gatherings that happen on campus. We can't get out of each other's lives. And so I think it's easy for us to, to feel like we're really strong in the faith and like we can do anything. And then when we leave this place, we realize, man, it's tough out there. And so then we have to be drawn to the places of truth, the places of strength, the places of, of orthodoxy, the places of knowledge that can continue to build us up when we are not around each other, just as Paul was not always able to be in direct communication with the people of Rome. So as we look back, as we think about this year, as we think about the ways in which we have grown, the, the question for us then becomes, when I leave this place, who can I surround myself with that will indeed be good and innocent? How can I stay away from that which is evil? When it says innocent to what is evil, there are some uh, portions of texture that uh, portions of scripture, interpretations of scripture that say, give evil a wide berth. How can we stay away from those things that will not be encouraging to us, that might mislead us, that might cause us to wander or to stumble? And it sounds like a simple equation. It sounds like a simple directive, exhortation, encouragement. But in fact, it's really hard. It's really hard. And the reason that it's really hard is actually couched in something that Paul says next that sounds like it should be empowering. And I hope it is. But what he says in verse 20 is really important. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under our feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. 
And that's an important thing for us to highlight and kind of remember. Because when we talk about our growth, and when we talk about the inevitable struggle that we will have to maintain our growth, to continue growing, that struggle, that difficulty is not by accident. It is, it is surgical. That difficulty is, is purposeful. And in a sense, if we're trying to do it by ourselves, then we are outgunned. Because what Paul is, is doing is he is setting us in this context where our struggle for growth, our struggle for, for Christ-likeness, our desire to be discipled, to, to, to get better, to be more intimate with God, that struggle is set within, within a historical struggle. That struggle is set within a cosmic struggle. I was talking to my, my class that's getting ready to go out on missions trips this year. And I was like, you know what? The thing that you need to be doing right now is like you need to be in scripture and you need to be in prayer. And you need to be developing your, your community because inevitably when you get out there, it will be hard. Because this isn't just about the success of your trip. This is about something that's been going on since before the history of the world. What we know about this language that Paul uses, this is language that's referred to by Jesus himself, referring to Satan as a serpent. We know that this goes all the way back to Genesis 3 when the serpent comes and the serpent, the serpent tempts Adam and Eve. And when God talks about what the relationship is going to be forever, when the serpent bites humanity on the heel and is struck by the bottom of their foot. We know that this goes all the way back to before when the cosmos were swirling and dark, when, when Lucifer himself tried to, to, to ascend to a place of authority. And God cast him out of his presence and a bunch of angels followed him. We know that when we look ahead, this is something that is talked about. The ultimate victory of Jesus Christ over death and over evil and over Satan. That's talked about at the very end of our New Testament scriptures. So when we think about what it means for us to grow in Christ and to serve Christ, to continue our growth trajectory... It's totally about us, but in some ways we are in the midst of something that has been going on for so long, something that is so deep-seated, and something that Satan so desperately wants to disrupt. And you know what? I don't know where Satan's at with this thing right now. Like, it could go one of two ways if you think about it. You have all of these prophets, all of these prophets who have said, you're going to lose. We have all of these preachers and gospel writers and Jesus himself who have said, Satan, you're going to, to lose. And then that refrain has been repeated over and over and over again throughout the New Testament and in churches and in our lives and in sermons and in songs. And so Satan's heard this over and over and over again. And I just don't know where he's at. Maybe he thinks he can still win this thing. It would be a fool's errand. But, but, you know, people have done dumb things throughout all of history. People have, have done things that, that they know are impossible just because they want to try. And so maybe he's getting after it, thinking that all of these folks, that history itself has, has borne witness to a lie. Or maybe Satan knows that he's going to lose. And on the way out, he is just intent on doing as much collateral damage as possible to take as many of us with him as we can. I don't know. I don't know what his mindset is. I don't know where he's at. But I know this, that the, 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 the enemy seeks to seek and to kill and destroy. 
He is trying to poison us. He is trying to drag us away. He is trying to maim us. He is trying to keep us from being in the presence of our God. So this thing that we've been talking about, this thing that we have been building, it is going to be hard. However, Paul gives us that encouragement that God will soon crush Satan under our feet. That Satan, that agent of violence and disunity will be crushed by the God of peace and that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with us. He doesn't say it'll be easy, but he says that by the power of God and the grace of Jesus Christ, we can do this thing. And then Paul, at the end, after kind of telling people what to watch out for, after telling people that you have to arrange this in a very particular way so you can continue to do the thing that you've been doing, that I want you to do, that Jesus Christ has called you to, gives people this closing word. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all the nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. And if we just take one thing away from us as we leave each other this year, if we take this kind of one encouragement, this kind of one mission statement, this paradigm with which we can frame our summer away or our time away, uh, an opportunity for us to pray with each other, an opportunity for us to have kind of a compass as to which way we should be heading, regardless of what context we are in, I think this doxology is it because it hits all of the high points. It talks about us continuing to grow. It talks about the gospel being a thing that, that we need to long for, that we need to attach to. And it's not a general gospel. It is a specific gospel. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is this, this, this thing that one dude didn't just invent, but this thing that God has been breathing, that God has been communicating for a really long time. Since the prophets were walking this earth, since God spoke this world into existence, there have been times where this has been mysterious, but a lot of stuff has been explained and laid out for us. It has been made very clear that what we need is the presence of Jesus Christ in our lives. And so can we, at the end of the day, as we take steps forward, as we move forward in our days, in our weeks, in our months, in our year, no matter where we are at right now, even if we've taken this whole year and today will be the first step, will there be a time where we can look back and say, yes, I have grown in my obedience of faith. I have grown in my obedience of faith, knowing that what we believe matters and that we can continue to believe it more solidly and more firmly and to understand it, knowing that the praxis of that faith, that what we do matters. And so how we embody that faith, how we use these bodies that God has given us, can we use that in a way that brings glory to God, that speaks to our salvation, to the character and the work of God? And can we be the ones who serve and worship the only wise God of glory in this life, but extending also into eternity, singing him our praises, bowing down at his throne forevermore through Jesus Christ. That is the good word and the word to which I hope today, deep down in our hearts, we say amen.